0: This is the Moshpit Backstage Podcast for punk, metal, and rock interviews and segments.
1: Hey, this is Ishan, and you're listening to Moshpit at Sun.
0: Ishan will be releasing his new album, Amir, on May 4th, and touring Australia through May as well, playing at Max Watts on the 6th and the 7th, the first of which will be uh, headlining direct Underground Fest. Ishan, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Now, let's start with the album. This is your 7th. How do you go about writing them? Do you have a, a consistent process you follow when you're preparing to uh, for an album? Yes.
1: <coughs> uh, uh, very consistent in in some ways, I'd I'd say, as um, I kind of have the the same lead up um, every time. As uh, I, I kind of write uh, up some some kind of sketch work of what kind of album I want to make. I have this one book where I put everything in there ever since my first solo album, and basically decide an overall goal. That's you know atmospherically, you know lyrically. Uh, visually a lot of kind of abstract ideas, and then then I kind of head towards that goal. I don't just start writing individual songs that might end up in an album you know i I try tend to to focus on the main objective first, so that's kind of very much the same every time, but um uh, just as much as I try to to change those parameters as much as possible. From From every album as well interesting now,
0: so of when you reach the end when you've finished recording the album is, is that do you for all these past albums and this one in particular, do you find that you've adhered you've stuck with that the the book that you've written, or do you sort of um, depart from what you actually initially wrote
1: uh, I think um most of the time, it, of course, it, it's kind of an ongoing process, and and the kind of this this scene plays out, you know, over a long time. So so, but but for the most part, I think uh, I I try to have as concrete goals as so the end result will actually. Uh, be very much in line with that. Of course, it, it doesn't you know These initial goals are not necessarily something that I have to stick by It's more like a creative focus as for example the last album, you know, with, with this this album Amr uh, It was very much happening inside as opposed to, to my previous album, Arctis, which where the scene was kind of outside in this Arctic landscape. So lyrically, you know, the metaphors I used We're kind of placed in that scenario. Whereas for for this new album, for example, it's happening much more inside, the scene is inside, the metaphors uh, are mostly kind of connected to that. And also sonically, I think there's a much more, you know, intimate sound. uh, I've chosen to to focus much more on analog synthesis uh, and a much more dry production, you know, almost mono drums, you know, things that Kind of add to the experience of uh, of this kind of intimate inside uh, feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to to discuss it like like this because uh, it kind of works very well within my creative parameters. But I know it sounds really strange when I try to explain it just mundanely like this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now it's really interesting because you're trying to sort of explain music in words which are really different languages In terms of the, the synthesizers what was it about those that made you think of um, Inside?
1: Well it's just something you know as it's kind of a technological thing it's, uh, I, it's, it's hard to explain it's just that I associate analog synth sounds with uh, much more of a uh yeah. an intimate sound whereas whereas uh, other uh more orchestral sounds lend themselves to a much more uh open landscape you know synthesizers i kind of associate them with maybe i associate them with clubs and inside scenarios but just as much as i mean it, it's not so much necessarily modern tra- techn- uh, no, electronic music but also you know like all soundtracks like john carpenter stuff that uh, um, i guess i've always been very influenced by uh, you know soundtracks and these cinematic uh, s- sounds in a way and for the most part that has been uh you know through orchestral stuff but also that kind of analog synth you know early 80s soundtrack stuff its also been very much a part of that.
0: You, you've also sort of spoken about the fact that um, you always want to make the darkest album possible. With, with that, what does it mean for music to be dark?
1: I know we're, we're still
0: with the. I, I think
1: uh, yeah, this, this was something put in the in the press release. Yeah, and I think for people who who either are fans of this style of music, and or or if they work with this kind of music, when when I say I want to make the darkest possible album. I think most of them will we, we probably understand, but if if for an audience outside of that, I I should probably rather have said I always want to make the most profound type of album you know possible. So so uh, that that's kind of what I, I mean by it. I I want uh, I don't necessarily want to make albums that are very kind of mundane and you know daily life kind of stuff. It's uh, it's uh, the kind of dark and deep existential questions that that kind of uh, spur me on, you know, and that uh, that I find interesting to work with. Mm. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, that's that's fair enough. That, that kind of leads in nicely to my next question. Lyrically, at what stage does that come into the whole process of, of writing the music?
1: It usually comes in last. Uh, not that i won't have ideas for what kind of uh, th- thematics i want to to deal with that might you know the lyrical ideas might be very much present in that initial framework but uh, when it comes to to kind of writing the, the finished lyrics I, I always tend to write them within the context of the songs so maybe maybe because i am so much Put off by by lyrical phrases that does not match the the rhythms and the, the melodies of of the music so it's much easier for me to write the lyrics you know, for the music and in that context rather than having to rewrite the lyrics afterwards to to make it fit musically
0: mm, that's fair enough um, the album title Amir what does what does that mean?
1: it's a it's an old norwegian word um uh, not as in the language we spoke previously you know like old norwegian and uh, so it's not used anymore um it was it was uh my wife who suggested this as the title as it uh it re- literally means dark or murky or even it can mean rust red which uh, and if you look at the cover artwork you know it it can really it really just reflects that you know it's it's almost this uh, monochrome kind of uh, dark color through everything but there's this glowing red light going through it that
0: definitely makes sense let's talk a little bit about tour I you haven't been to Australia before have you
1: never neither as a tourist or uh, as uh, as a musician That's so really... I'm very much looking forward to that
0: the music's music to a certain
1: extent but like if you're playing in a different
0: place, do you sort of approach it any differently or do you you give any thought to like the particular place you're playing or or how does that all work?
1: No, I think think, uh, I've had a great privilege of traveling, you know, the world for the most part in the capacity of uh, being a musician. And with this style of music, I mean, eventually everywhere I go, you know, around the world, we kind of all grew up on Iron Maiden. You know, so so or, or jesus priest or you know, we kind of have that kind of s- similar uh, cultural ground if you will so so Yeah, uh, um, I, I, I don't I mean my experience metal fans and people Into this music are very much the same, you know Everywhere in the world. So it's 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 a very global cultural phenomenon and uh, you know, with that kind of uh, recognizable, you know, common ground, uh, it's I, f- I found it much easier to kind of experience, uh, you know, the the cultural specialities of wherever I am. You know, on top of that, so I think I uh, kind of get the best of both worlds. I might ne- not necessarily have all the time for sightseeing when I travel, but but still, I get to see. It, at least it, it feels like I get to see and experience different cultures and different countries more from the inside.
0: With your music, like it's very very varied. Like, there's a lot of different stuff going on, between each between each songs, even within the same album, like how do you go about sort of putting those together into a set list that kind of flows throughout the show?
1: Uh, of course, uh, there, there are a lot of uh, elements that have to go into that. Obviously, it's uh, uh, a con- concern for me. In you know, playing over an hour of this music is uh, how I can get you know put a set list together where my my voice will carry through uh, the whole thing. Uh, because there are parts where you know there are songs with uh, main focus on these traditional screaming vocals, but also a lot of these more mellow. Clean singing parts, and um, uh, it, it I have to be aware on where where I place those songs in the set. Uh, but also, I, I generally would just t- try to put together a set in a similar way as I, I would put uh, together an album to kind of get a very you know natural dynamic dynamic flow, and um, and also to ho- hopefully to build some some. Uh, you know to keep some dynamics in between everything I think it's uh, I've been very surprised uh, how well some of my more mellow and and kind of uh, light songs uh, come across you know especially on, on metal festivals uh, because uh, so my songs tend you know go to you know parts of the metal you know they go down to almost like pop ballads uh, but uh so i think maybe maybe not surprisingly but people have been going to a festival and listening to kind of 10 you know level 10 death metal all day mm. you know it, it seems like they they enjoy a bit of a break you
0: know sort of drawing from that um one of the tracks that i I know, I've only listened to it once or twice at the moment. But I think one of the ones that's sort of shaping up to be one of my favourites is Where You Are Lost and I Belong, which is a really nice track. But, like, it's interesting, sort of, that... And I always found this with the with um, some of the Emperor stuff as well, like, that beauty kind of comes of music which is or is associated with, like, kind of extreme stuff. Like, uh, I don't think that's as appreciated as kind of like some of the more extreme elements of like extreme music that like beauty can come from like talk a little bit about, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just rambling on, but like beauty in music, like we, we I don't know if we talk about that much when we talk about metal and, and stuff like that. No, it's, it's, it's,
1: it's kind of fun. Uh, 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 maybe we just relate to metal, you know, as, as kind of outsiders of metal would, would relate to it. You know, they, for people who are not accustomed to this style of music, for the most part they, they will just, uh, they will not be able to hear beyond the the noise. There's so many people who who have heard metal but have no kind of experience with it. And they, it's so loud. That's what they typically said. It says, you know, it's, it's so loud, you know, we, even though you can just turn it down, you know. <laughs> but it's. But it's, I think the, it's just this impression. That there's so much information going on, uh, and uh, for, for most people, they they can't can't really get beyond that. In the same way as I think maybe some some jazz or even you know classical music or or opera. You know, for many people, opera is just too much. You know, they they can't get beyond. You know the the. These like, exaggerated vocals, you know. So, so uh, I guess it's an acquired taste. But for, for me, I think that almost romantic side of of music uh, is just as appealing as as the aggressive side. I usually uh, that I think that is what kind of drew me to what well whatever that is, but black metal uh, as an example. I think I think. Th- if you, if you are to differentiate, say, to death metal, which in my in my definition you know feels much more of a uh, more one-dimensional aggressive expression, uh, but I think at least with my experience, like my you know say wo- vocally, my only influence you know in the black metal department would be Quarton from Bathory, and I think when I listen to, say you know the Bloodfire Death album. You know there will be just as much uh, aggression and extremity in the vocals as it would be with any death metal band but it is so at parts you know his his voice would break up into his regular speaking voice in a way just just for a fraction and there's there's a vulnerability in there you know that lends itself to to these more uh, it, it can it can be aggressive but it can also be desperate and sad or 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 it just feels it it, it has a, a A wider emotional depth, you know that you can play on and even I, I was listening to to the new Judas priest album for example uh, Which by the way is amazing, you know, I, I can't believe how good that album came out You know, <laughs> these, these guys have been going You know since before I was born so so um, but, but uh, there are parts in there that, you know, they're just as aggressive as, like, Painkiller, you know, and has that really die-hard metal attitude. But, of course, Rob Halford has that element to his voice, you know, the, this very lyrical and sore moments, you know, that uh, that gives the, the experience of that album and those songs, you know, so much more depth. Mm, no, I completely... I that, that's something that I, I aspire to... to you know, to, to have within my, my own albums and songs as well.
0: Mm-hmm, I completely agree with that. I'm um, sort of jumping off on the other side of that. Um, you mentioned in another interview, like, the extreme metal doesn't feel dangerous anymore. I, I think that there's a lot to that. But one thing that I was wondering is, do you think that extreme metal needs to be dangerous? Is, there, is that something that would be good if it could reclaim? Or can it like be
1: no not not necessarily you know it, it it doesn't have to be be dangerous and and be you know provocative as that you know it might as well just be be sore and, and beautiful it's just that I guess I get very bored of things but it's it's too politically correct you know it's uh, it's uh... <laughs> and it I don't even I don't necessarily have to to agree I guess to to many you know in my regular life I guess you know morally I, I, my values I would would probably be be viewed by many as very politically correct you know <laughs> but uh, but at the same time I, I kind of en- enjoy you know that kind of joker joker, joker element to batman you know it's <laughs> just that, that that dangerous chaos that lurks you know, and uh, and that some people are far out. I, I think it's like, say, say an artist we lost recently, like Prince, you know, he was kind of one of the last really just fundamentally crazy artists. You know, he did not understand the world as the rest of us does. You know, he, he was living in, in Prince world as much as Michael Jackson was living in Michael Jackson world. And... Uh, and they kind of create from that that out from that perception, you know, which which makes I guess their music uh, otherworldly. So it's kind of nice when when uh, uh, just just as an idea and as a uh, phenomenon, you know, that, that that people create from from us headspace, which is. Very much detached from, you know, all all the regular stuff that we all agree about. I don't know how to ex- Explain it. It's just I, th- I just think it's it's refreshing when When things dare to be or artists, you know dare to be a little edgy and and kind of If not for anything else but to 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 create some some uh, not debate but uh, uh, bring bring a new perspective, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, It's it's a hard balance because sometimes, you know, it's it's easy to provoke and do something extreme but uh, I think it's Very little value to that if you don't have a like a point It's like, it's like with comedy You know, there's a fine line with being just plain-out rude and having kind of uh, You know uh, Comedy that is is kind of pushing the limits, you know, of uh, of morals, but still managed to create a very very good point. Do you see what I mean?
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> uh, one last question. This is a little bit of a silly one. Um, if you could o- as a as a multi instrumentalist, if you could only do one, um, would you pick singing, guitar, or, or keyboard, or or drums, or, or or anything else. Which one would you pick?
1: It have to be guitar. Why is
0: that?
1: Uh, because uh, that's kind of my most natural, uh, you know, instrument of a tool of expression. You know, that's the, that is that is the most second nature to me. I I can say, of course, that it, I feel equally. Uh, kind of fluent, <laughs> if you could say it like that, with the, with my uh, extreme vocals. But I have a very, still a very, um, uh, kind of aware uh, uh, relationship to my clean singing. So uh, for having that one thing that, uh, that would be my most natural way of expressing myself, it'd have to be the guitar, yes.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Amir will be on, out on May 4th, and uh, you'll be touring Australia through May, playing at Max Watts on the 6th and the 7th, uh, first of which is uh, Direct Underground Fest. Ishan, thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you.
1: Likewise, and thanks for your support. Thanks for listening to the Mosh Fit Backstage Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Omni find out more about the show, go to www.syn.org.au slash moshpit. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash moshpitonsyn and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at moshpitsyn. The regular Moshpick radio show broadcasts punk, rock, and male tunes and interviews every Thursday nights on
0: SYN 9.7 on FM and digital radios. Listeners outside of Melbourne, Australia can
1: stream SYN 9.7 online at www.syn.org.au. Thanks to Vintage Ruin for the music. Hi, this is Sir from from Gun Apocalypse.
0: Hi, I'm Enid from Girl School. I am Phoebe Pinnock from Heaven the Axe. Hey, this is Gary Olmey at the
1: Mix Hey, this is Kat Sproul from Horizon's Edge, and you're listening to The Mosh Pit on Sim FM. Hi, this
0: is Aina from Leopard. Hi, I'm Virginia Lily from the band Lily. This is Round from 1349. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Ali from Eberhand. Hey everybody! This is Charlie Benante with Anthrax, and you are listening to the Mosh Pit on Sin.